0: in in uh, name at least to uh, the northern hemisphere here so we've we've just passed the equinox the vernal equinox and that's a wonderful thing the days are now longer than uh, the nights and I'm very glad for that because I love the light I do and uh, but it's it is the signs of spring here in Vermont, uh, signs of mud, for my puppy to roll around in, for Bodie, to splash in the mud puddles instead of rolling in the snow. Well, I am Jennifer Hadley, and I love a course of miracles, and I'm so happy to share with you this moment now. Let's begin with a prayer. I place my hand on my heart, and we are grateful. That there is salvation from fear. We are grateful that fear has no power. That love is the only power there is. And the power of love is within us. It is in our mind. It is in our heart. And we are activating it right here and right now by means of this prayer. I place my hand on my heart and wholeheartedly dedicate myself to a life without fear, a life of great love, a life of great compassion and kindness, generosity of heart, generosity of spirit, patience. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves and to fully, gracefully, easily, joyfully relinquish the blocks to love. We're recognizing that we are led, guided, and directed in each and every moment by that higher Holy Spirit self. The mighty I Am Presence is awake and alive within us. We're sharing the benefits with our brothers and sisters. Ain't going to study war no more. We are grateful to let it go. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, indeed. We are blessed. Yes, and we are a blessing. So, salvation from fear is our topic today. And it comes from section 6 in chapter 24. It's the name of that section. And it's really all about recognizing that our brothers and sisters are our salvation from fear. They are our salvation, as Jesus makes it very clear in the Course. And it... it takes a great willingness to recognize this is the truth, that our brothers and sisters, our ability to see them, to see the Christ in them, to see the perfection, the wholeness, the beauty in them, that this is our salvation, and everything we need is within us. And this section, Salvation from Fear, again, chapter 24, section 6 the last paragraph here, uh, I, I think, is, is helpful to us, too. So I'm going to begin with that. You who believe it easier to see your brother's body than his holiness, be sure you understand what made this judgment. Here is the voice of specialness heard clearly, judging against the Christ and And setting forth for you the purpose that you can attain and what you cannot do. So when we find it easier to see other folks as a body rather than as the Christ in our life blessing us. Then we are identified with the ego, the small selfish self. And he's calling that that ego thought system the voice of specialness and specialness whether it's specialness in the form of <laughs> i hear the song i can't live if living is without you right if if it's it's whether it's that kind of specialness or the kind of specialness that is a special hatred special Affection or special hatred, either one is uh, the the glory of the ego we could say when our mind is attached to any form of specialness when we are craving specialness, we want to be recognized, we want to be special, we want to be um, acknowledged and All of that, and of course, we would like to be acknowledged, we would like to be seen and heard, but let's take a step back from it, because this is the salvation from fear, truly, in a nutshell, like in, in a super condensed form. Fear arises from entertaining specialness. Fear arises when we are unwilling to see the Christ in ourselves and in our brothers and sisters. And it makes sense that that would be the cause of anxiety and worry and fear. Because if we are unwilling to see the Christ in ourselves and our brothers and sisters... We could think of it as being lost in time and space, being unable to find our way back temporarily. We are lost in time and space. And think of how many movies and TV shows and things there have been about being lost and not being able to find the way back home or being banished, people being banished. Especially recent in recent years, there have been quite a few, and uh, quite a few about being uh, lost in space, and that we're just going to live a meaningless existence in space. Meaningless, why? Because nobody's observing it, nobody's... They're with you, it's just you. I mean, there are stories like this in movies I'm thinking of. Uh, or it's a small group and you're just out there in space. And if you're unloved and uh, uncared for, this, this is the ultimate land of the ego. It's, it's the spiritual desert, And so when we are unwilling to see the Christ in ourselves and in our brothers and sisters, we are banishing ourselves to that spiritual desert. We are lost in time and space. And that is frightening. And so as Jesus tells us in the Course, that's why it's so important To realize that when we're upset, it is reminding us that we're lost in time and space. We're not upset for the reason we think. We're not upset because the package didn't arrive on time. We're not upset because our husband went off with someone else. Uh, We're not upset because someone died, we're, we're actually not. We're upset because we have forgotten our true nature and our true reality. Because if we were in tune with our true nature and our true reality, even when someone passed away, we would know the Christ in them and the Christ in ourselves, the eternal nature of our life and being. And we would see it as a passage, but not as the end. It's seeing it as the end, this ultimate separation. Death is an ultimate separation from the person we hold to be so special in our lives. That creates the massive grief. The It's uh, the loss of how we see ourselves. Because everybody does this to some degree or another in relationships. We see ourselves as people in relationship with other people. And then when that person is no longer there, we don't know who we are to some degree. Because part of our identity is about our relationship to that person. Everything in the Course is pointing us to an awareness of perfection, pervasive, permanent, omnipotent, omnipresent perfection, that that is God's nature, God the macro, therefore it is our nature, we are the micro, and that... Anything that we see or label as less than perfect is part of something we've made up. And specialness keeps us in that place of some people are special and some people are not. You see, it's just another way to delineate the separation, to activate the separation, to emphasize the separation these are special these are not these are better these are worse these are good these are bad and so our willingness to see the perfection in our brothers and sisters is leading us to see that everything in the world is neutral we've given everything that we see all the meaning that it has for us, we can move into that neutrality and still recognize that we prefer the strawberry to the chocolate or or that we have preferences, but that one is not better than another, that everything is actually neutral. and And this is challenging and fortunately, We don't have to figure out how to do it. We allow ourselves to be led back to the truth, to the fount of wisdom that is that Christ in our awareness. So it's just our willingness that is required once again. So willing to see the perfection, the beauty, the magnificence, the wholeness, the radiance, the luminosity, the the pristine nature of the Christ in our brothers and sisters. And that everything else that we're seeing is a story that we've made up. When we can see it about our brothers and sisters, we'll be able to see it about ourselves. And this is why our brothers and sisters are our salvation. So I'm not saying anything new here. At all, But sometimes we we can hear it for the first time. Jesus isn't saying anything new here. This is chapter 24. This is not a revelation that he hasn't talked about in the previous chapters. This is the theme of A Course in Miracles, that our brothers and sisters are our salvation. But we forget it, and we are more likely to think of our brothers and sisters as our damnation right <laughs> uh that we think of them as being uh the 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 bane of our existence the the difficulty the thing that we have to deal with is other people i know for me in my life in my life experience uh the thing that I love most about life is people, and the thing that I have the most challenge with is people. There's no question, both the same. And the more I am able to see and recognize the Christ in my brothers and sisters, the less issues I have with them and the happier I am, the more peaceful I am because my opinions and judgments are not disturbing my peace. So in the Bible we have where Jesus said that the truth is for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. And in the Chapter 24, in this section 6, Salvation from Fear, paragraph 6, Jesus says, It is God's sinlessness that eyes that see can look upon. So when we have the mind that is truly willing to see the Christ in our brothers and sisters, then we will see God's sinlessness in our brothers and sisters. It is God's loveliness that eyes that can see, see in everything. And it is God they look for everywhere and find no sight, nor place, nor time where God is not. Another way to say it is, there's no spot where God is not. Within your brother's holiness, the perfect frame For your salvation and the world's is set the shining memory of God in whom your brother lives and you along with your brother. Let not your eyes be blinded by the veil of specialness that hides the face of Christ from him and you as well. So we live in a time when, uh, and this has been true for some you know, some time now, f- certainly the last century, where the world, certainly the media, loves to have its heroes and its villains. Specialness. Special love, special hate. And we, as A Course of Miracles students, as spiritual students need to recognize what that ego game is for and not buy into it. And it's very strong. It's very prevalent. It's in the news every day. Because the media outlets have realized people love to hate the villain and they love to love the hero. And so if you have a story about if you've got groups of people oh this one is our hero and th- another group no that one is our villain and this one is our hero and the other group says no that one is our villain and this this one you love to hate is our hero and of course we see that in world politics right now we see it in in the united states we see it with um, uh, Putin and Zelensky, uh, Russia and Ukraine. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. We love this one. We hate that one. And which side are you on? Are you with those people that love that one and hate the other one? So it's it's being fomented all day long by the media. So... It's important to recognize what is that activity, ego activity for. It is to hide the truth, which is that Putin and Zelensky are both the Christ. Neither of them recognizes it in themselves. But we can. We can recognize it in them. And our ability to see it in them brings us back into our right mind. So this is why my life policy is to pray for those who despitefully use us. For those who seem to be the enemy... The, the one that we would have a special hate for. I see them as, I'm training myself to see them as my salvation. That I can hold them in the light of Christ. And it not only brings benefit to all humanity, but in particular, it raises me up above the battlefield. And that is very important to me, to live above the battlefield, Within your brother's holiness, the perfect frame for your salvation and the world's is set the shining memory of him in whom your brother lives and you along with him. Let not your eyes be blinded by the veil of specialness that hides the face of Christ from him, from your brother, and you as well. And let the fear of God no longer hold the vision you are meant to see from you. Let, and let the fear of God no longer hold the vision you are meant to see from you. So let us not fear God and keep uh, ourselves in that place of being afraid of God, which prevents us from seeing with divine vision, God's vision. Your brother's body shows not Christ to you. He is set forth within his holiness. That's where we're going to see the Christ in our brothers and sisters. Choose then his body or his holiness as what you want to see and which you choose is yours to look upon. Yet will you choose in countless situations and through time that seems to have no end until the truth be your decision. For eternity is not regained by still one more denial of Christ in him. Now I've heard so many times over the last uh, half a dozen years or so, people say, I just can't. I can't love that one, I can't, because they are despicable to me. It's not that we can't, because we are designed to love our brothers and sisters. We are designed, and it's so deeply upsetting when we won't allow ourselves to. It, when we say we can't love someone, it's not about liking them or what they do and say. It's not about that. It's about seeing the Christ in them and loving the Christ in them. And to be indiscriminate in our loving, in our loving, in our blessing. Praying for those that despitefully use us. When people say, I can't, it's essentially, I can't get past my special hatred. They can, but they don't wish to. They're not willing to. It's not that they can't. It's they're not willing to. They don't wish to. And why is that? To me, it always comes down to, this is how I see myself. It's part of my identity. I am the one who hates that. I am the one that despises that. I am the one that cannot condone that. I am the one that has to go around and say, "That's that's bad, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. And if I don't do that, I don't know who I am. I'm lost in time and space. But actually, when we're going around hating this and that, chasing after specialness, we are as lost in time and space as we can possibly be. We have no idea who we are, who sent us, why we're here, what our life purpose is. So many people have told me if I could just understand what my life purpose is. Our life purpose, every single one of us, is to love and be loved. And if we're not willing to do that basic fundamental practice of being in the flow of our God self, the I am presence, the Christ, then nothing else makes sense. And we could say our purpose is to... Build the biggest car dealership the world has ever seen, lost in time and space. But if in doing that giant car dealership, we're looking to support as many people as we can, hire as many people as we can, help them raise their children and their families, have good retirement, have high quality of life, enjoyable work environment, so that people can feel loved and appreciated, recognize who they are, that they are valued, they are cared for. That is giving and receiving love. That's the purpose being fulfilled through car dealership, for example. Never said those words before in my life, but there it was. It just came through. Seems like a good example to me. So this is how we get out of fear. Oh my goodness, it is time for me to go to a break. It comes by so quickly. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we are walking the talk, we're living the love. And I will be right back, so don't go away. Thank you for tuning in for a course in miracles, living the love, walking the talk. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back. I uh, during the break I was thinking about how our attack thoughts about our brothers and sisters generate so much fear. We we think always we think that we are afraid because of circumstances in life. And it's just not true. One of the things that I'm getting ready to do, starting on Saturday, uh, March 26th, is with the beginning of my End My Self-Sabotage program, which is now a six-week program. It's uh, really powerful. It includes... My Sacred Circle, which is my weekly spiritual counseling, group counseling call that I do four times a month, so you get that. Plus, you get a one-on-one with one of our uh, Certified Spiritual Counselors. Plus, you get a whole bunch more things. And uh, it's really effective at helping people to break the habits and patterns of self-medication with food, alcohol, drugs, sex, work, exercise, cleaning, uh, sleeping, watching television, talking on the phone, all the many different ways that we self-sabotage and self-medicate. And one of the in terms of the salvation from fear, one of the things that people uh, are dealing with with the ego thought system is this core ego belief that everyone is a sinner and everyone will be punished because they're so sinful. So one of the ways that we look at people is we see their self-medication and their forms of self-sabotage, and of course there are so, so many, but some of the forms of self-sabotage uh, are signs of people's sinfulness. So people who drink too much, eat too much, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they're sinful in the eyes of the ego. And when we're labeling the folks around us, our family, our friends, our loved ones, our co-workers with these kinds of labels, oh, they're lazy, oh, they're a drunk, oh, they have a drug problem, oh, they have a sex problem, oh, they are whatever, they shop too much, they're a shopaholic. Uh, all these different kinds of things that we label people with, it's really a projection of our own beliefs about ourselves. And so it becomes this vicious circle. When we judge others, we are projecting our judgment about ourselves onto them. We don't feel good about ourselves, so we project it onto others and we say they're bad, they're wrong, they're not good enough, their behavior is sinful. And it keeps us in the spin cycle of fear. And so being able to see the holiness in our brothers and sisters enables us to see it in ourselves. One of the reasons that I do my end my self-sabotage challenge now is because I struggled for so many years with self-sabotage and particularly self-medication. And all the while, of course, I was judging other people for their their sins. Uh, Of course, I don't believe they were sins, but judging other people for their compulsive addictive tendencies, even though I couldn't manage my own. And to me, what is so important for us to recognize is that the healing that we're looking for does not come from... Controlling the impulses, being able to take dominion is wonderful. And for by and by taking dominion, I mean I feel an urge to self-medicate or to self-sabotage. Self-sabotage and self-medication obviously go hand in hand. But if we think of someone who Uh, knows they need to get out of bed to go do something that's important to their life, to their well-being, to their finances, to their health, etc. But they are struggling. As many depressed people have issues just getting out of the bed, just getting dressed, just functioning. When there's that deep, deep sense of uh, inertia or it could be resistance, reluctance, when there's that kind of self sabotage, and that the there's a sense of, you know, I'm just gonna watch television, I'm just gonna stay in bed, I'm just going to keep eating or keep drinking, uh, and there's an awareness that this is not ideal, this is not healthy, but the drive to do something different is not there in that moment. Uh, what heals that is a spiritual healing. So for me, I never even imagined that I could stop that compulsive behavior. Just like I never imagined not judging other people, uh, I these were not things I even conceived of. I thought, these are the cards I'm dealt, so to speak, and I have to make the best I can with them, and I have to learn impulse control. Again, impulse control is very helpful, and for me, that did not heal the obsessive-compulsive behaviors. What did heal them was seeing the Christ in my brothers and sisters, what? because that enabled me to see it in myself. And I had no idea when I was studying to be a science of mind practitioner and a spiritual counselor and a minister that my cultivating that ability to see the pristine nature, the Christ nature, in my brothers and sisters would heal my mind about myself. Uh, That never even occurred to me that that would be a benefit, and yet it has been. I became so committed to seeing the perfection, the beauty, and the magnificence in my brothers and sisters that I couldn't not see it in myself. I could no longer refuse to recognize it in myself. That's part of it. Now, another part of it is, and this is the salvation from fear part, is, I mean, it all is, but another aspect of it for me is that I had these deep-seated beliefs that I was bad, that I was wrong that I was no good, that I was evil, and I was doing my best to cover it up, to compensate. And I had to be willing to let go of seeing myself in that way. And I didn't realize it until many years that every time I was getting triggered into that awful, awful feeling in my gut, oh, there it is again, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable. When I would get triggered into those patterns, that was my opportunity to go the other way and change my mind. Now, for a very long period of my life, the majority of my life, it would trigger me into the self-medication and the self-sabotage. When I was, Particularly when I was younger, a child, a teenager, my 20s, I would sabotage myself in all kinds of ways. And you might be familiar with this, the concept of burning your bridges. So I would burn my bridges, and my bridges were relationships, connections with other people. I would burn them so that I never had to deal with They don't think I'm good enough. They think something's wrong with me. I would instead project that onto them to push them away from me so I didn't have to deal with their rejection. I would reject them before they rejected me. And that was a very, very unhappy-making, sad-making time for me. And while I didn't deal with it directly, it was also frightening to me, fear-inducing to me, because I became afraid that I was some kind of monster. And it made me feel more Unlovable this belief that I was some kind of monster who would push these people away simply because I was threatened that they might see what I believed to be true about myself, which is was that I, I'm not good enough. So here's where our brothers and sisters can be our salvation too, is for instance, now one of the great, joys of my life, one of the most fulfilling aspects of my life is that in the programs at the Power of Love Ministry, I can come face to face with people's self-hatred, with their deepest despair and sense of unworthiness, and they can run their racket, play their games, their mind games, and their acting out. And in no way does it cause me to care about them less or love them less at all. I'm still deeply committed to loving them and seeing the truth about them. And so they are helping me to be that perfect giver and receiver of love that that is fulfilling my purpose and I get to support them which is my my it's my passion it's really my passion is to offer support to people who are interested in finding their way out of the darkness and into the light of their own being and i find that deeply deeply fulfilling and in in the last 9 years or so it's been even more fulfilling to train people to be spiritual counselors and now prayer practitioners to train them to open their hearts, open their minds, open their eyes to the truth, and that is the perfection of their being and everyone else's. And that is so deeply fulfilling. I just, it's off the charts for me. So, the perfect givers and receivers of love, that's our true identity, that's our true nature, that's our true purpose, that's being truly helpful. To bear witness to the Christ in our brothers and sisters is our salvation. We cannot do that when we're chasing specialness or when we're caught up in specialness, whether it's special love or special hate. Now, the... The special love is a, is a, it's like a Venus flytrap. It, it feels so, so sticky. Uh, and, but there is a way out of it, and that is the holy relationship. And I've done many episodes of this podcast on holy relationship, per, particularly in the first few hundred episodes. So... If you're new to this podcast, one thing for you to know is that there's uh, a second podcast, which is called A Course of Miracles Archive, and that holds the first few years of episodes. Uh, unless you're on a, a, an Android device, if you're on an uh, Apple device, such as a a tablet or a phone, Uh, what do you call those, Uh, iPads or an iPhone uh, or an Apple computer. If you're on one of those devices, you need to get both podcasts in order to get all the episodes. And by the year 2023 you we will have a third podcast because we will have more than 600 episodes because so we're coming up on five uh, I think where this episode here is number 544 so um in uh, a little over a year uh, in 2023 we'll will need a third podcast unless the Apple folks iTunes folks changed their tune. Uh, so the Ar- Ar- uh, A Course in Miracles archive is the second podcast. All right. So there are. Look, you can look in the archive for episodes on specialness, on holy relationship. And people have told me those were extremely helpful to them in healing their relationships. Now, In paragraph four, Jesus says uh, in this section, again, we're chapter 24, section six, salvation from fear. In paragraph four, Jesus says, forget not that the healing of God's son is all the world is for. So the world that we're experiencing, this virtual reality that our human experience is, is only for the purpose of healing our mind. That is the only purpose the Holy Spirit sees in it, and thus the only one it has. Until you see the healing of the Son as all you wish to be accomplished by the world, by time and all appearances, you will not know the Father nor yourself. So one of the things I can see in my own experience of this world is that most spiritual students, myself included, we start with, we just like to stop the pain, whatever kind of pain it is, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, financial, relationship, whatever kind of pain it is, just like to stop the pain. And we come to believe that spirituality is the way out. Not behavior modification, not psychology, not um, a more attractive body, a healthier body, uh, more finances. We, We see none of those things are going to solve what ails us. We see it as a spiritual solution. And so we're running from the pain, and we're using spirituality to heal the wounds. We see that as the way out of suffering. That's how it is for most of us. So the pain is pushing us. And yes, there is a vision. I, I, I Back in my 20s, I had a vision of myself as a light being. I had several of them, seeing myself as a christ light being. And I thought it might take, meh, a hundred lifetimes to get to that place of living in that light. Uh, as Shakti Gawain said in her book, Living in the Light. But it, it's been uh, a much less than a hundred lifetimes for me to make a huge change where now I'm not pushed by the pain At all, I am pulled by the vision. And what Jesus says here, to me, is so integral to this journey. Until you see the healing of the Son, the Son is all humanity. As all you wish to be accomplished by the world, you will not know the Father nor yourself. So for me, this is the place where I am spending most of my time now. I am interested in waking up and seeing the healing of the entire sonship, as A Course in Miracles would say. I I actually prefer the term humanity than sonship, so to me it has more clarity and uh you know i was never a catholic or a christian so i don't really vibe to the father the son and the holy ghost so i i've never thought of god as the father though sometimes the father mother presence uh, and but not separate not separate i i i see myself as an integral part of god and that's what i'm interested in seeing everyone as And so I am interested in using the world for what it's for. And we can do that. We can absolutely do that. So for me, that's where I work with that higher Holy Spirit self, the mighty I am presence, with Jesus, the ascended masters, the angels, that the undoing of my attachments to the world of effects, let me st- instead serve my holy purpose, my true purpose, be truly helpful as the perfect giver and receiver of love that I'm designed to be. So number one in that is seeing my brothers and sisters in the light of Christ as the salvation of, of my life, no special relationships, no special hate, no special love, and so uh, I I I watch the special love I with my dog, uh, Bodhi. I'm watching that special love, that tendency to be in that um, specialness is strong, and yet. Because it's not what I'm interested in. It's not what I want. I don't want to think of uh, Bodhi and me as me and Bodhi against the world, that she's my, my savior from uh, whatever, suffering, loneliness, anything like that. That's not what I'm interested in. I am interested in being of service through living a life of great love and kindness, and being a beneficial presence in this world. And in that, I have seen the undoing of the thought that there's something wrong with me, that I'm bad, that I'm evil. So it's not there to get triggered anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you'd like to join in my End My Self-Sabotage Challenge, which starts March 26th, we actually, uh, we're going to be offering um, the week one a few times. Week one is free. And so you can join that part for free if you wish. And it's just such a healing opportunity to Release attachments to the habits of playing small and living in lack, attack, limitation, and separation. So... If it calls to you, you'll know. You can find the details at jenniferhadley.com. You can always see what's going on in my world on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. Also this week, we're doing a, a wonderful class that starts on Thursday, which is Hidden Strategies, all about using the Enneagrams from this Course in Miracles perspective and really helping to see ourselves as whole, perfect, and complete, the magnificence that we are, shining through our countenance, shining through every activity in our life, and being able to see ourselves clearly in our true identity. I have found the Enigrams to be so, so helpful with that. And if you feel uh, interested, come and check out what we're doing. It's a four-part class, and it starts on Thursday, and it's called Hidden Strategies. And uh, I know it's going to be a lot of fun as well as very helpful. And Rosalind Rourke is our teacher. She's an the Course in Miracles student, and she is a oneness coach, and she's a pillar in our Power of Love ministry. She's also an Enneagram expert. How fun! (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is a time for us to do everything we can to let go of seeing ourselves as a body, as a personality, and to rise up above the battlefield and to be truly helpful. And as I think of it, to work for the light, to be in service to the light of our being, To consciously, in every moment, dedicate ourselves to being the perfect givers and receivers of love. That is our holy purpose. And we have everything we need to accomplish it within us. Ah, it's time for me to say a prayer. We are grateful and thankful to know that we are blessed and we are a blessing. We are grateful that our mind is the mind of God now and forever. We open our hearts to the truth. We allow the healing to be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you, and I thank God for you. God bless you.